All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us tonight on episode 52 of the podcast. So glad you're here tonight. We've got some We've got some cool things happening tonight in connection with our special guest, Randy Betts of Tort Stork. Um, one of the things that we've been promoting over the last couple of days is from basically now until 9 p.m., any donations that are made to the Turtle Room, and you can go to theturtleroom.com slash donate uh, to do that. Any donations that are made between now and 9 o'clock, Randy will match that donation up to a total of $500. So you guys could be a big part of helping us raise uh, up to $1,000 tonight, hopefully, if not a little bit more. All Look right. At guy. Look at this guy. It's terrific. <laughs> Additionally, um, top, two top donors will get a chance at a couple of different things. One will be a Tort Stork beer, or beer glass or coffee mug. And another, the other will get a chance at a 98% discount off of one of – Randy's Insta Hatch eggs of a species of your choice. So, um, again, thanks for joining us. Um, without further ado, let's introduce Randy Betts from Tort Stork. Randy, glad to have you tonight. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Look at this guy. Look at like he just got like he just got traded uh, to the Tort Stork team, and now has to do a press conference in front of the backdrop. How great is that? I had to do it. It's so great. It's terrific. My, my office is covered with all my kids' kindergarten art. So uh, as much as I would love to show that off, I thought this was much better. More appropriate, I guess. But yeah, that's more appropriate. I thought that it made you sound like a jerk when you said you wanted to cover up your kids' artwork. But that's, <laughs> that's me personally. We'll let the viewers decide. Put it on the poll. Is Randy a jerk already one minute into the broadcast? I'm not sure. You're a much better man than me. I have like a like a barren wasteland behind me. How do you disconnect off of this thing? <laughs> <laughs> you're voting yourself off the island already come on you're just getting started but we're excited to have you randy we really are i think there's been a ton of people who have um had a lot to say about the tort stork uh it's been a you know a a topic that everyone's chimed in on so to speak hey kev kev's here um so it's great to have you here so that you can kind of, you know, so people can put a face to the name, a face to the brand, kind of see what your thoughts are, how this all came together, the the origin story, and uh, make a more uh, informed, uh, you know, informed um, viewpoint of, of what you have going on, right? So um, can you speak a little bit to just kind of how you got started and, and what the thought is? I know that you've shared this before, so uh, let's hear the spiel, the elevator speech. Yeah, sure. So, uh, one, thanks again for having me on, but it, uh, it all started when I was younger. I was, uh, I, I always wanted to breed tortoises and turtles, but I never had the funds to do so or the space. And I would reach out to back then the internet wasn't really a big thing, but uh, I would reach out to people through, uh, AOL email and phone calls and word of mouth begging for people to sell me a tortoise egg and they all basically said you can't move them it's impossible you can't do this and it was uh it was it was just um it was discriminating right but but um i didn't i didn't give up right so i always told myself at some point when i'm older i'm going to make sure that i have a bunch of tortoises and i'm going to offer this program and through some of my mentors i learned a little bit more about it how i could do it tested it out and that's how it was born. It was, um, it was, uh, you know, done through wanting to accomplish one of my dreams and pass it on to other people that 
are capable of doing what I was. <clears throat> That's amazing. So, um, talk a little bit about um, what it was like for you. How, how long did you actually spend kind of building this? Um, and did you kind of the whole time as you're kind of trying to create your own little uh, turtle egg empire? Uh, are you thinking the whole time all about the eggs? Are you, are you doubtful yourself or is this something that you kind of just knew would work in your mind or did you not care? It was, I did care, but it was one of those things where I didn't really think it would come the way it did. Right. So I started off with, I bought my first, first Russian tortoise and uh, a male, uh, bought a female. They, uh, then it grew Russians. I started off with, and then, um, I met Chris Leone and, uh, I'm surprised I pronounced that right. Cause I call him, yep. as a but, um, so he mentored me through this whole thing, and I bought a couple of tortoises from him, and he taught me incubation, and this is all new to me, right? I was never able to do it, so I had to start from scratch by buying a breeding group and a colony, and 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 it took you know a couple of years, and with his help, uh, I learned how to incubate and and the, the tortoise forum and guys like you and stuff like this. So it got to a point where. I brought it up to him and he, you know, the, who I think is a, a turtle tortoise guru didn't poo poo it. He was like, actually, I think it's a good idea. So I asked him if he would be willing to help me out and he was, so he was actually the first person I shipped an egg to and it was a freshly laid egg and it was in 2016 and we just kind of winged it and, um, and, uh, it worked. And that egg hatched. What what species was that? That was a Russian tortoise. That's awesome. So, and, um, let's pause. Let's pause you right there for a second, because I think some a question that our viewers might ask is like, what about the the trial and error process of figuring out what works to ship the egg? Because um, I, I imagine some would be concerned, like you're, you're going to kill animals in the testing process for this. So, um, you know. So the first egg worked, but like, what did you learn from that? Even though it worked, you know, how else did you go about testing the shipping process to improve, improve it to make sure that as many of the eggs as you ship as possible will survive the trip? Yeah. So that was, that was a lucky one. And then, you know, I, I touched base with a little a couple friends and stuff like that and never really figured out what, what would be the perfect, um, uh, the perfect substrate basically to ship it into. And, um, and we, I think I don't want to use the word burned through some eggs because it's, it's frowned upon, but there were some eggs that were cracked and there are some eggs that were, uh, damaged. Um, but we figured it out through trial and error about a couple eggs. Right. And, um, and, and then it became an issue of fertility. Right. So at first I was like, the only way you can do it is through freshly laid eggs. So I would, uh, tortoise would lay eggs and within, you know, minutes, um, posting online, getting people to buy eggs and give me money. And I'm sending these eggs, you know, immediately it's on their end. They're like, wow, I can't accept an egg tomorrow. So I'm going to have to wait till, you know, the next batch. So it was always never really pre-planned, pre-planned whether they bought ahead of time, right. If they're on a waiting list, I would still call them and they would say, 
I can't get an egg. Like I'm working tomorrow or I can't take off or worse to Friday and I can't chip on a Saturday, even though I've done that in the past. Um, so it, um, it, 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 the, the issue also was the fertility part of it. So the egg would be shipped and then, uh, it wasn't fertile, which I wouldn't be able to tell no matter what, uh, that early on. And by the time it would start chalking or veining, then it was too late for me to ship. And, um, and just through the, the, and, and through feeling bad, right? I want this to, I want this to really work. So I felt bad for customers that put money out in hopes that they were going to get an egg and hatch it and it would, you know, not be fertile. And some, some went on and some didn't, but the ones that didn't, it crushed me because, you know, they're nice people. It's early on. They were, had the same exact dream as I did. They want to watch a tortoise hatch. So I, um, early, early on, uh, no one knows this, but I shipped a, uh, what I thought was an insta hatch tortoise in the middle of the freshly laid program just to try it out to a friend out in California. And, uh, it didn't work. So, I immediately was discouraged. I'm like, I can never do that again. I basically sacrificed this animal. I felt absolutely horrible. Uh, but the more looking into it afterwards, I don't think that tortoise was fully developed anyways. Um, because just the way it was, uh, I don't know. It was There was lots of debate going on on the tortoise forum about that. Some people said that the pressure of the plane killed it. Some people said that it was, you know, the the the... The way packages are moved around on the conveyor belts and FedEx bouncing all around killed it. So that was discouraged. I went back to freshly laid. Um, but I was still having those issues of not being able to 100% promise a customer that they were going to get a tortoise to hatch. Can I ask you, though, you said Insta hatch. Can you just explain really quickly what, what the Insta hatch is? And sure. I don't want to get you off of your, your main point right now, but um, what's Insta Hatch? An Insta Hatch is an egg that is five to ten days away from hatching. So when you receive this egg, it's 100% fertile, and I document the um, incubation through chalking, through uh, veins, through air sac, through showing you what the embryo looks like inside, if you can see it based on where the, the egg is positioned in the incubator and, and chalking. So when you receive the egg, that egg is going to hatch within five to 10 days. There's no worry about it being not fertile. There's no worry about it being dead. I know that based off of the air sac and how much air sac, uh, how much the air sac increases, when it's time to properly ship it. Okay. Um, so let's pause there for, for a quick second. We've got a bunch of people who've joined us uh, since we started off. So we want to remind folks that um, <clears throat> we've got Randy Betts on from Tort Stork, and tonight he's going to be matching donations to the Turtle Room up to a total of $500. Uh, he's sharing his story, how Tort Stork got started. So if you've missed this so far, uh, we encourage you after the show to go back and watch the beginning as he uh, shares some of the uh, beginnings of, of his just adventure um, through being able to ship eggs both right after they've been laid and within a few days before um, they're, they, they will hatch. So you can get the experience of hatching an animal. All right. Back to it, Randy. 
And uh, where do we leave off? I forget. We were talking about InstaHatch. Uh, you were talking about you had sent the InstaHatch egg to California. didn't work out. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So then we went back to uh, the InstaHatch didn't work out. I was very discouraged. I, uh, I felt bad for, for Kevin. And um, so I basically said, you know what? It's, it's, in, it's the freshly laid. That's the way I got to do it. I just have to put out a disclosure saying that, unfortunately, if it's not fertile, there's nothing I can do about it. And uh, my integrity got the best of me. I just thought that that was is just not the right way to do it. So I was talking with um, a, a lady, Kitty, and uh, she basically want, she wanted a Russian tortoise. And I said, well, guess what? I have a I have one that's, you know, days away from hatching. If you're willing to take the risk, I'm willing to take the risk. I'll ship it to you. And she was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And I told her I was I was fully uh, transparent. I said, if this for some reason doesn't work out, I will I'll, I will reimburse you or give you uh, a freshly laid egg. But let's try this. And um, and it was the air sac was huge. I knew that based off of the female that laid the egg around 62, 65 days, it would hatch. And I shipped it. And uh, it actually arrived. It arrived hatching. And what I do is I will take pictures and sometimes for my documentation, a video of the egg before I pack it up and ship it off. And then that way, you know, someone doesn't accuse me of shipping and, you know, taking a baby turtle and shoving it in, you know, inside of a ping pong ball and saying it's in an egg. But, um, and from that time on it worked and that kind of gave me a little bit more energy. And then I started marketing that and started calling buddies and, and trial airing with that and every single one works uh, from from that on and you know I'm five into it and uh, I thought maybe this is the way to do it maybe maybe there's there's a better way than freshly hatched because I can offer a 100% fertile egg that's mm -hmm. going to hatch right because the issue before that was fertility because I mean if you're sending out 50 eggs there's no way you're going to have 50 fertile eggs eventually someone's going to draw the short end of the stick so to speak and be stuck with an infertile egg or multiple infertile eggs um so those five you said that you had sent five for five five for five that's amazing that's really amazing and it's one of those things that i really was not sure about when i was first hearing about it if i'm being totally honest but now you know having spoken to you about it like yeah the insta hatch makes a lot of sense so is the insta hatch something that you're moving towards now I, I discourage um, anyone from getting freshly laid. The only time I will do freshly laid is if they 100% agree that it's a huge chance, right? It's a 50-50 chance. It's, it's, I would take a chance on it as well because if I kept that egg, it could be a dud. There's also so many variables. They have to make sure that their incubation is um, – incubation temperature is fine – the humidity. I mean, you you you. Most people that do this for uh, a hobby, they spend a lot of time checking on their incubators, making sure the temperature is okay. Right? There's a lot to do into it, and and not saying that those customers couldn't reach out and and ask me, which they do. And the ones I do have freshly laid hatchlings or freshly laid eggs that are successful, and um, and it worked perfectly fine. It just my my success rate was only about sixty percent. And that 40% destroyed me mentally. Let me say this though. Let me interject at this point. 
I think last year I might have gotten ah, like 130 eggs, something like that, 140 maybe. And my success rate for hatching eggs at my home was nowhere near 60%. So for you actually shipping those out and having a 60% success rate, that's pretty good. And it seems like they were still hatching. Uh, maybe your fertility rate would have been a little higher. Your hatch rate may have been a little higher. Maybe not because I would, I would sign up for a 60% hatch rate every single year if I knew going into it that, and obviously it could be higher than that. But for me, that's not usually the case. Um, so that's, I just wanted to say that as well. We're talking about, we're not just talking about eggs dying because they were shipped. We're talking about, you know, their eggs. Don't count your eggs before they hatch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could, the thing. they could have stayed here with me and, and been, I uh, had the same result. You know what did it for me? The, the one thing that kept me up at night, there was a guy who ordered, excuse me, a guy that ordered two Russian tortoise eggs from New York, and he saw my he saw my website. He was he just had brain surgery for tumor, and his prognosis wasn't very well. And he said, "If I buy uh, tortoise eggs, this will get me through my recovery. This will help me." And um, and I was pretty excited about it. I thought, you know, this would be great opportunity. Help him out. And uh, they were duds, and I felt absolutely horrible. Like this guy was so excited, this was going to help his recovery, and that was like the last straw for me. That I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like this is, um, there's too many variables. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing though. And I think that's the thing that people don't realize too. A lot, I see a lot of naysayers, so to speak, who will say, "Hey, uh, the prices are too high," you know. But I think people want to buy from a reputable source. You have a nice website, you have good branding, you really care about what you're doing and your price is what your price is. And there was a time where I would get frustrated about the same thing, basically just because I didn't have the money to buy what I wanted to buy. Um, so I was a little bit just kind of uh, jaded for that reason. But um, a lot of these people are buying experience, right? So as much as they are the actual animal, they want to be able to have the animal say they hatched it. And w one thing, so so before we did this, Randy was adamant. We had asked him to come on the podcast several months ago when we were talking about Torch Dork, just because it was something that was kind of blowing up on Facebook. Everyone was talking about it. Um, and we wanted to just kind of have that conversation because I had friends contacting me on one side of, of, of the aisle saying, hey, this is crazy. What the hell is wrong with this dude? Like, this is animal abuse. And then people on the other side who said, wow, that's a really cool angle. And what a cool opportunity for somebody to hatch an egg who can't take care of this large, you know, breeding group of, of animals. Um, so kind of both sides uh, at the beginning, I was kind of in the middle. So anyway, we talked to Randy, we asked him to come on. He offered to send an egg to us first. And he sent several eggs now to members of the turtle room. I think three of us so far, he's getting ready to send one to Steve soon. Um, but he sent me a Western Hermans from a relatively rare locale and that tortoise hatched. Steve has pictures, um, that he'll put up for us. And the, the experience was wonderful. And I'll tell you something, the thing that was most, most impressive to me, was and there's my daughter with um, her torch stork tattoo that she was very proud of that came in the box. She was so proud. Um, there it is. Look at that thing. Absolutely gorgeous. And the thing about it, two 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 takeaways for me that I think are really important personally. Number one is 
I had a group of Herman tortoises, uh, Herman's tortoises years ago that I had purchased. Um, I got them. They ended up being different subspecies. It was a whole mess. Um, I had to trade a couple animals to try to get like a pure group. Um, a couple of the animals didn't make it when I tried to winter them over over the winter in a, in a refrigerator. Um, it was not, uh, it didn't end up being a great experience. And I never hatched a Herman's tortoise egg by the time that I finally threw in the towel and gave them to Chris Leone, the Herman's tortoise master, and just said, I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to keep trying to breed this species and just have it not work out and just keep them for selfish reasons. Like they need to be bred. They need to be somewhere they're going to be happy. And they're obviously not happy with me. And of course they bred when they were with Chris, but um, maybe I needed to hang in there. I'm not sure, but I never bred them. And the first time I hatch a Herman's tortoise is when Randy sends me one through the mail and it was very exciting. So now I can say that I've, I've hatched one. Um, and the other piece that I think is, is really important is I was able to see what it's like from somebody who buys an egg from Randy. And he kept saying the whole, he's so over the top, so over the top. And like to the point that I could never be like, I always say like in work, I can't be a micromanager. I can't, but he micromanaged the hell out of that situation and was up my butt all the time. Here's an update. Here's an update. Here's an update. Sending me pictures of the egg. Um, and basically said, this is, I want you to have the exact experience the way that anyone who buys a torch store egg would have so that you know what's going on. And he sent it to me for free just so that I would know what's going on. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Um, cooler than just getting a free tortoise egg, cooler than being able to hatch a new taxa for the first time was actually being able to see what that experience is like. And that's why a lot of people who have actually gone through this and, and purchase eggs from Randy have nothing but glowing things to say, even if it didn't work out. Um, but I, I do also want to get into the percentages now with InstaHatch because I think a lot of people don't actually realize how successful this approach has been and how it's kind of flipped the script for you and turned this from something that, oh, that's a little risky to something that, whoa, why didn't we think about this years ago? So could you speak a little bit now to the, the percentages? Yeah, sure. So, so, you know, the first couple I did were 100% successful. And I was like, wow, maybe I'm getting lucky. So I reached out to some friends and I reversed it. And I said, this is exactly how you ship an egg. I sent them instructions and I had them ship me eggs. So that is when I give you these results, those results are um, part of it. Of, of sometimes I ship an egg out. Most of them are me shipping eggs out. But there are some stats of guys shipping them to me. And um, to this date, I have 30, I've shipped 40 eggs and 39 of them have hatched. The reason the 40th has not hatched is because it's still in my incubator and it probably has two or three days uh, left. In fact, it could have hatched today. I haven't, I haven't checked, but um, my success rate is 100%. I keep stats. I know when it was shipped. I know when it was delivered. I know when it was hatched. I know when it was laid. And I know the days that it took uh, to hatch from the day I delivered it or the day that it was delivered to me. And the thing, a lot of people will, will be really, you know, like on top of everything with shipping, making sure that everything's right. The heat pack is in the right place. They've done it so many times. I think of Chris because he sent so many packages out. He just knows how to do it. 
when I'm a little nervous about a package, I'll just ask him and he'll be like, oh man, don't even worry about it. That's fine. I would do that. No problem. Um, you take it to even another level. You put that Govi uh, thermometer in the package as well to track what the temperatures are during shipment of the uh, of the tortoise, which was really cool, of the egg. Um, you, what other things are you doing shipping-wise that you think sets you apart? Could you even share? I don't want to go into all the specifics of really cool things that I saw, so I don't want to take away tools of the trade, but obviously word's going to get out there eventually because people are getting these eggs from you. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like the the best the best um, way of flattery is imitation. So if if I explain this to you and other people are doing it, um, um, you know, the the whole global thing is for me not to make money, right? I have a full time job. This is a hobby of mine. I love doing it. So I think if there's any way to explain how I actually do it, it's it's on a something like this. So um, I use new boxes from. Um, ship your reptiles and they, uh, they're black styrofoam boxes. Uh, they're, they're boxes with black styrofoam insulation in them, which holds the heat or the, um, cool better. There's been research on the RH values a little higher. Um, the, yeah, nice green box. Uh, black styrofoam. Yeah. Black styrofoam. And, um, I use I use the substrate that I use. The substrate is bread. So I've realized that great chalk absorber bread is. Yeah. So I realized the best substrate to hold moisture and to hold um, shock absorption is bread. So there's there's a certain way that I pack it, and I teach people how to pack it if they ship to me. Um, and then and then to the research that I was doing and still am doing. Is I ship out a little Govi uh, hygrometer that measures humidity and temperature. It's Bluetooth uh, related, and so I ship it. I give the customer a pre-paid um, label to ship it back to me. So when customer receives the egg, they take it all out. They put the thermometer back into the same box that they got it. Tape it back up, and they can put it in their mailbox. I do it through United, uh, the post office. Um, I return it. I can then download the temperature, and I can see what the temperature was from the time it left my facility to the time it was delivered, and then I can measure it coming back without any heat back. And the average that I've um, that I have uh, done is the box never gets below 76 degrees Fahrenheit with the heat pack or I'm sorry with the heat pack or without with, with the heat pack. I've only ever shipped with the heat pack only because um, it's not like a, a tortoise that uh, you know, a freshly hatched month old tortoise that can withstand you know temperatures down into the fifties and be perfectly fine. Um, I, I still want to mimic because it would still be in an incubator regardless. So I want to mimic the uh the temperatures so i'll take the newspaper and if i were to ship a hatchling i would keep dry newspaper when i ship a um an egg i damp it so it's it creates some humidity and the bread holds humidity and uh and then i download it all and the temperature the lowest is 76 and i think that temperature on the outside was below 
40 degrees. So it was pretty cold. I think it was down even to the 35. And the highest was 96 degrees Fahrenheit inside the box. And um, that was a little bit of a hotter day. And spent some time in the FedEx facility uh, for, you know, hold for pickup. So, but 96 degrees late into the game, I'm not worried about it because a tortoise that's fully developed, that gets a little bit uncomfortable, it's going to start hatching. So um, it's going to try to get out of that uncomfortable position that it's in. And it probably, at, at that late in the game, probably won't die if it's spiked that high. That 96-degree egg, was that an insta-hatch or uh... – All, all insta-hatch. I only ever did the um, um, – I only do the Govi with insta-hatch only because I have yet to ship a freshly laid – the first insta-hatch was um, – I shipped it on July 30th of 2018. Mm -hmm. And um, – and I haven't shipped a freshly laid egg since. I've only done Instat. That's crazy. That's so cool. So, so not only are we talking about shipping an egg, but because of you know the lengths you're going to actually record data, not only did that egg survive shipping, being jumbled around, being on a FedEx truck, being on a plane, getting turned on its side. I've seen people take animals that get shipped to me and just like toss them, toss the box. Not only did it survive that well, but it also survived the 96 degrees. Yep. So, and you're obviously doing everything you can to keep optimal temperatures, humidity, mark the box clearly so that it doesn't get turned. You're doing everything you can. And through this, through this, uh, your experience and, and what you built, you're able to learn some really important information that nobody else is putting out there. <clears throat> so I think, listen, when this first started, I want to keep going back to that. And I know Steve wants to jump in right now too. When this first started, I was one of the naysayers on a certain level. Not outwardly, hey, Randy, you suck, man. Get out of here. This is ridiculous. But in my own mind, very much skeptical about, hey, the, the, the success rates have to be low. And, you know, this, this seems like an unnecessary risk. I mean, I get why people would want to do it, but I also – it's kind of a niche how successful it would be. But but the more that I'm watching how this evolves and the more I see how on top of everything you are, you are the right person to be doing this. And I say all the time, if aliens could watch us or, or, or outsiders could watch turtle people from uh, what we do on the classifieds and everything like that, what a sad thing because the selling animals world can be a really ugly place sometimes and we're all a part of it. But it's important for each of us to try to do it the right way. And no more is it is it more important for someone to do it the right way than in your situation, and you have. And I think for that, that's why you've turned me from skeptical to a, a uh, believing partner and uh, someone who's, who's I'm going to go out of my way to say, you know, that guy is great. He's doing some really good things. And, and we'll talk more about what some of the possibilities are because of this um, a little in a little bit too but steve go ahead you're up so uh, i want to thank todd our viewer and a former customer of randy's for getting the ball rolling tonight and then also thank shirley kelly and andrew we've gotten we're over 20 percent of our donation goal for tonight so thank you so very much um again randy's matching donations until uh, 9 p.m all right and actually shirley has a question um so even packed so well, any idea how it is the embryo doesn't like detach from the egg at all? 
Yeah, good question. So uh, who was that, Shirley? That was Shirley. All right, thanks, Shirley. So the the embryo or fully developed tortoise in the last couple of days, the way the way I do it is I candle I candle the egg. And um, if I think that the egg is going to hatch on day 65 from that, uh, from the mother, right, I will start candling every single day at day 50. And um, I will watch the air sac. And when the air sac starts to get larger daily, that means that the tortoise is basically fully developed and all it's doing is absorbing its yolk sac. And it's just basically getting ready. You know, some of us have tortoises that hatch a little early with a big yolk sac. It's below them. That's normal. Uh, normally, it's attached to the inner membrane. It's um, if, if something were to crack in the egg early on, then, yeah, it could die. It's still kind of still in its, in, inside the whole inner membrane, and it can't breathe and um, stuff like that. But if, if the air sac is large then it's safe to ship the tortoise. It's basically fully developed. And if the egg was hatched or if the egg was cracked or turned upside down, the tortoise will be able to rearrange itself to hatch. For example, uh, the ones that were just recently sent to me, the tortoises basically, when I candled them, were upside down. You could tell because the way the, the shell was folded and you could tell the way the head was. I could kind of see the shadow of the head. The head was pointing straight up. The air sac was ginormous. When they started to hatch, which was over the weekend, they were perfectly upright. So at one point, they can rearrange themselves to get out. So if shipped at the appropriate time, you're um, <coughs> pretty safe. So to, to piggyback on what Anthony had uh, been saying a couple minutes ago, too, is I think um, for people that might have might have been skeptical or are still questioning your your methods and even your motives. I think listening to the listening to you speak about this, your passion, but also just the amount of time and research and effort, even to small details like choosing black styrofoam and reading the research about black styrofoam like right. that's taking care of the details which exactly is hugely important for stuff like this and makes me even more excited to, to to trust randy with things right exactly so many of us are just trying to fake it till we make it and he's you know kind of re reinventing the game so to speak and is is trying to uh push the limits where appropriate i i think it's it's um it's been really refreshing and and exciting to see develop over time <clears throat> I have a question actually if I could jump in. I haven't spoken yet. So Randy, hi, how's it going? I'm Kevin. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> That's Kevin, everybody. I'm hey, Kevin. How's it going? Uh where does it go from here? Like, is this something you're looking to scale? You know, I know this isn't your business, this is a hobby. But um as people learn more about it, and this is definitely a really, really intriguing topic, you know. If I had the funds to do it when I was younger, that's something I absolutely would have done before I was able to start breeding animals myself, you know. Um you start getting hundreds of people wanting it, you know, regularly, but you're not producing that many animals, you know, it's a supply and demand kind of thing. At what point do you think uh, it slows down versus it growing? And is it something where you want to bring partners on board, people that produce thousands of tortoises a year versus a couple hundred, maybe. I also don't know how many you produce, so I apologize. 
No, it's quite all right. So uh, that uh, that's a very good answer or a very good question. So my my whole ultimate goal is um, one to allow this to be supplied by all breeders, right? I would love the the high volume guys to offer this only because I think it would be uh, it's it's flattering, but also I think that I can't supply it to everyone, right? There's some people where I'm like, well, you got to wait till the summer. Um, and, and I do have guys that, that I trust that we have sent eggs back and forth that if someone, <clears throat> a tortoise that I can't supply at that moment, I can reach out to them and they can ship. And I'm pretty transparent with that. Like I will let them know this is coming from this person. This person is very trustful. I, uh, I ship them. For example, I've done this, uh, once or twice, but I will ship them my boxes I will ship them my magnets, my stickers, um, keypads, everything that they need to do, including the substrate and the deli cup. All they need to do is follow the exact instructions of packing the egg, closing it up, and off it goes. So it's as if I'm doing it. I trust them. I know they've done it because they've done it to me. Um, so, so in regards to that, I would. I don't mind if other people do it. I just really would love for them to keep the price where the price is, only because I think it's we're just not selling another tortoise. We're selling <coughs> an entire experience that uh, that that people. It's it's sort of like a premium, right? I look at it as a premium, just because not a lot of people do it, and um, and and it's it's. It's just a cool thing to experience as opposed to, you know, uh, getting a, a tortoise that's a month old. No, I, I agree 100%. Now, if you go buy a month-old tortoise at a reptile show, you're paying less. But in that regard, if you're trying to do this on your own, you have to factor in your environment for it, the heating, the food, the years it takes to get an animal to produce, you know, then, and then learning how to incubate it and all of this stuff. And that's something you've already done. And – uh yeah, I think it's honestly really, really great. When I first saw it, I wasn't a believer either, you know, just seeing online, just reading the people like talking back and forth. Um, you had offered it to all of us. I didn't take it up on it because I just I have too much stuff going on in my own personal life right now. Uh, <clears throat> but that was extremely generous. And everybody that's watching, if you're at all interested, you really should give it a shot. It's This seems awesome. Hey, you, you've been under a lot of scrutiny. We said that already. Uh -huh. uh, people have, you know, publicly said hey, uh, I don't agree with this. So let's nip this in the bud right now. Are you sexist or are you willing to work with female partners? Because every time we talk about your partner with people, you keep saying that you talk to guys. That, <laughs> no, I, I'm not sexist at all. I'll work with anyone. Okay, good. I just wanted to get that out there right now. And, and that's obviously a joke, but but I see, it's just, I, I do, I feel like, and maybe this is part, as I've gone on my own journey, like figuring this out and like wrapping my own head around it, that I continue to see the folks who haven't been able to see as much as I have saying, you know, this is ridiculous, this is ridiculous. So I think like, you know, it is what it is. And if it's not something that you want to try or, and this is something that I had to learn a long time ago too. I can remember on the forums, like, you know, years and years ago, seeing people sell something, you know, the going price for a spotted turtle is uh, hatchling is a hundred dollars and somebody wants $180 and just getting so angry. Like, how could you do that? That's not what it's supposed to be. You're a jerk. You're just trying to get money out of people. And 
I can't remember who it was. One of the turtle station guys um, years and years ago said something in a post like, um, you know, it's, they can ask whatever they want. If you don't like it, don't pay it. And I said, wow, that's, that's really insightful. Like it's like a yogiism. It's like completely, uh, you know, common sense and silly, but um, it makes total sense. And I think, again, the thing to emphasize here is that people are buying the experience. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Everyone got quiet afterwards. You weren't expecting me to stop talking. They just expect me to go on for like 30 minutes every time I start talking. Yeah, sorry. That was only for 27 minutes. Looks great. Anthony talking. So what about what about the future, right? So the, uh, Kevin brought up um, what my personal future was for, for business portion, but for long term, my my ultimate goal is through conservation, right? And this might be a long shot. This might be me being uneducated in how this whole thing works. But if if you reintroduce, and I know reintroducing a species into the wild is such a huge concert, uh, a, a, a huge discussion on how to properly do it and you have to do it the proper way you have to have you know basically that species hasn't <clears throat> any other species ever again before it goes out into the wild but if you were to take an instahatch egg and bury it into its um, natural habitat and its native world and let it go it would start off from scratch right mm -hmm. uh, one of my questions one of my questions is is that is that considered a proper way to reintroduce a species into its natural habitat but it's stuff that i don't i don't know the answer to i'm not i'm not educated in that field but you know 10 years down the road it makes sense to me right take for example so so um exporting um, leopards, right? You, you can't import a leopard because of the whole tick situation, but could you import a leopard egg? Could you import an albino leopard egg into the United States legally? Um, would that, would that follow the four inch rule? Because it's technically not a tortoise. Uh, it's in an egg. And would it abide by the law because it's in an egg? There's no way it could have a tick on it. So you're talking about two different things here, but but along the same lines with with yeah. importing exporting eggs for various reasons, how that would either affect uh, laws or um, conservation, the usefulness uh, from a conservation standpoint of of an exportation or, or sending an animal back to the range country or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So the the second one, the latter, the leopard tortoise is just something cool to think about because we're all geeks at heart and the uh, albino leopard tortoise, although I'm not necessarily a morph guy is something I would love to see. Um, and then I think the former is something that's really, really interesting. It's something I've actually been trying to, you know, think about um, myself and kind of figure out in my own brain, since you and I discussed it several months ago. Um, and it was something that I was thinking about before we even came on the air here. And, and that is, um, how it might work. And I'm thinking about people who, who breed a lot of a particular species. So I don't know of any 
um, projects to uh, reintroduce the Kwangtung River turtle, uh, Maremis nigricans, back to the range, to their native range. Um, I don't even know if people know who originally came from what, what animals, what founders, they're probably all mixed now. They could have come from different locales, but they're functionally extinct in the wild. Maremis anamensis, the Vietnamese pond turtle, these are species we've talked about a lot. Those are um, a species that's also functionally extinct in the wild where there have been some reintroduction programs and animals have been sent from Europe back to Vietnam to be released in a uh, protected area there, at least as a start. So from a, uh, from, from a cross-contamination standpoint, it's really tough for even zoos to keep to know 100% that a hatching animal never came in contact in any way with some water from another enclosure, some dirt that fell off somebody's shirt who was in another enclosure before, something from the environment that then gets into the, you know, the, the environment that those animals are living in before they get sent and something gets you know, introduced. So there's a lot of harm that can be done when humans try to get involved. And that's why conservation, that is one of the very small reasons why conservation is so complicated. But I do agree that the egg idea does add a new wrinkle that you're starting fresh, that you can hatch these in a sterile environment and put them right into um, their natural habitat without them ever coming into contact with anything. That's really interesting to think about. The one spot where I would play devil's advocate on that is who actually hatches enough of these to make it worth sending enough eggs insta hatch because they all have to be at the same point in their development to then be sent, right? Yeah. They all have to be a few days. So you have to know exactly how long incubation should go when these eggs are ready and it's safe to ship where you're going to get that close, close to, if not 100% hatch rate by candling the eggs and having the experience to know and then sending them over. Is it worth doing it with 20 hatchlings? Is it worth, do you need a hundred? I don't know, but I think that was the one place where I would play devil's advocate. But from a kind of, this would be really cool standpoint. Yeah, that would be really cool. I want to add a couple of things in there. Add away. As far as shipping like internationally with eggs, you know, I, I don't know for a fact, I'm ignorant to this, but I could only assume that there's all kinds of laws about shipping. It's not, produce clearly but it's like some you know even though we say it's a, a tourist egg it's could be a food egg yeah you know there's got to be issues as far as that goes uh and then secondly and i'm all for the idea i think it's a great idea but i'm just thinking all out loud um mortality rate for hatchlings in the wild is a lot higher than it is in captivity you know like things just you put them out there and things are eating it left and right you know they, they go to hide but all kinds of things happen. So I don't know the exact number clearly, but in the past I was told it's only like 5% of turtles live to adulthood. And I, I really don't know that number. I haven't researched it myself. Um, but if you're shipping a hundred, you know, even low scale and only five are making it, how big is of, of an impact is that on conservation? I think that depends on what you do with them when they get there. Um, and that's why like one of the issues is the whole keeping the animals that are going to be sent back into a range country isolated or protected from carrying pathogens. So instead of 
it could be possibly even combined with some form of head start type experience, which also, though, again, there's a lot of arguments, disagreements on how effective that is in and of itself, but also makes you wonder if you can get that many more hatchlings to try to head start them through being able to send stuff from captive collections right before it's going to be hatched. You know, and again, this is something to to explore, um, I think, at the very least. Something that might be interesting would be, oh, excuse me, what's the difference in this process between a tortoise egg and an aquatic turtle egg, for instance? And, like, because some of the aquatic eggs are a more leathery shell, you know, they're not mm -hmm. as protected as well. You know, so I wonder um, – what different processes might need to happen for different species to end up still finding the success? Steve put himself to sleep. He yawned during his own monologue. <laughs> I was up at 4.30 shoveling snow this morning. 5.50 for me. I just slept in all day. <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's... A, it's um, I don't know that the turtle... The turtle uh, answer, right? I, I only do right now tortoises with the right. egg, and I would love to do the turtles. It's the space is the issue that I have. Um, uh, you know, I don't I don't feel comfortable putting them in small little tanks. I know that they need bigger things. So maybe one day, maybe when uh, when I have the time and the space, I'll move on to. Uh, uh, I would love to do box turtles next, right? I think that's a nice next stepping stone to turtles. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of that trans, kind of a transition. Yeah, uh, there's a chance I can help you out with that this summer if you're interested. Yeah, would love to. Would love to uh, partner up with you, and we could go back and forth and see what we could do, and and maybe offer it to other people if the success is good. So we have another question for Randy. Uh, this one comes from Kitty. She posted it on Facebook. Um, kind of connected. Uh, it's sort of two questions, sort of one. What species are you working with in, in your InstaHatch program? And what species are you looking to add to that? So the ones that the ones I'm working now, I got, uh, I do cherry heads, Russians, leopards, sulcatas. Uh, um, Western Hermans, Eastern Hermans, uh, uh, and uh, I'm, I am, ironically, with Kitty, uh, she's going to be the first Moroccan uh, Greek that I'm going to ship out. She, uh, it's, it's in the incubator. It's fertile. I've been sending her updates. I got, uh, it's, it's, it's going on. So I'm very excited about that. I had a Moroccan in my incubator now that I got from Aaron Daniels. I'm not sure if you all know Aaron Daniels. He does great work with that, but um, he actually sent me an InstaHatch uh, last earlier this week. That's my 40th egg. So if the if the Moroccan hatches, then um, I have 40 successful eggs. I'm pretty excited about that. But me personally, I have a small group of Moroccans that. Uh, I have the ink I have in the incubator and that's one that Kitty is going to get and ultimate my future I, I really want to do Egyptians right I uh, I think that Egyptians are very neat tortoises 
I think that they are very fragile in the first couple months. I would say even the first six months, they're extremely fragile. The care for them, uh, shipping them is very stressful. So if I'm able to get an Egyptian egg to someone and let them take care of it right off the bat and there's no stress involved, then that's great. Yeah, you might actually lower the stress on an Egyptian by being able to ship it before it's hatched. That's my thought. Yeah. Who's to say otherwise? I mean, stress is a huge killer in colonians, especially young ones. And if you have a handful of hatched animals that you ship that are very young, chances are some might not make it. It depends who's shipping, how they're shipping, when they're shipping, and and what species we're talking about. But there's a lot of risk involved just with that. So I think that's another argument as well that I think people don't take into account is, hey, this is not in, you know, an exact science for anyone. There's always risk involved. Some of us specialize in certain species. We talk all the time, speaking of Egyptians, of Ralph Till. He's the Egyptian guy. He ships out Egyptians all the time, but he is very meticulous and careful about everything he does. Um, you are very meticulous and careful about everything you do, and I think that has something to do, to do with it here. I think you know the species you're hatching. You're hatching them before you're sending them. You're not sending them out as an experiment necessarily all the time. Um, there have been times where you've experimented a little bit, but for the most part, you're taking educated guesses. You're learning from everything you're doing. And um, yeah, it just looks great. It's, it's, it's exciting to kind of see what's, what's happening. And I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Thanks. Steve, Ray, remind them of what we're doing tonight. Hold on. Yeah. Good, good pausing spot. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, tonight Randy has volunteered uh, to match up to $500 total worth of donations to the Turtle Room. Um, Randy is very generous to the Turtle Room and the Turtle Survival Alliance on a regular basis. Those of you who've purchased animals from him knows he donates $10 from every sale to one of the two organizations. And tonight he's offering to match up to $500 worth of donations. We're up to 145 so far. Um, we've got about 65 minutes left in that window. So um, thank you to the, I think it's about eight of you that have donated so far. Um, really appreciate it. And we'd appreciate anybody else checking us out. Uh, you can visit theturtleroom.com slash donate. Um, this has been a really exciting conversation tonight with Randy. Um, really getting to, to talk about the details of this process. And in some ways, I think developing a little bit more trust in the idea. Um, even, I mean, it is true, like Anthony just said, that, uh, that there's no guarantee that even a, a hatchling shipped a month or two months after it's hatched is going to survive. Um, there's all sorts of issues of fragility. Um, so what makes it more so with an egg? So I think it'd be cool to, to keep seeing how Randy goes from here. You said almost 40 eggs. Yeah, almost 40 eggs. Hey, I have a question about the donation. Can in If they're watching this live right now, do they have to leave this to go donate? Uh, this should be uh, – they could op easily open another tab in their browser and keep listening while they're doing it. Mm -hmm. But, again, the window will be open for probably at least a half hour after the, the show ends as well. So Good. Perfect. That's what, I, that's what I wanted to make sure they have – they can watch the entire show, and then when they're done, they can go ahead and donate if they want to. Yep. Do they have to – is there a certain – it's just donate, and you'll see when it comes through as far as the window goes. There's not actually, like, something they have to click 
No, no, I can, I can time him pretty easily with uh, the email generated. There's a, there'll be a full log for me. My phone sends me alert instantly, really. So okay, can they use PayPal too, or does it just have to be, uh, or can they use a card or both? Um, you can use anything you want. Everything on the so the donation form on the site um, connects with PayPal, so you can use your PayPal account. You can use a credit card. Um, in fact, everybody who's donated so far has volunteered to cover the donation fees through PayPal as well. So we thank you so much for that because we're actually getting the full value of the, the, the planned donations. And That's covered. awesome. That is. The donation's tax deductible also? What was that, Kevin? The donation is tax deductible? Uh, it is. Um, we are uh, in the process of getting approved for 501c3. The IRS, as soon as you apply for that, allows you to deduct your donation. So everybody who donates, um, especially if you do it through our website, you'll get a letter with probably within a few minutes of your donation that you can use when you file your 2019 returns next March, April. Woo! And there comes another uh, another 150. Nice. What? So, all right. So we're doing great tonight. We're we're now up to uh, let's see, uh, two hundred ninety-five dollars. So we're over fifty percent of the way there. Can I ask who gave the one fifty? That's awesome. Uh, it was a combination of two different uh, people. So thank you to Anthony and Jeremy. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Anthony, Is that Anthony right here? It may have been. Uh, so I want that beer. Out. I want that beer cup. I want that beer glass. <laughs> hey, can you see the beer cup on this? Is that is that something you can Look see? At that. Yeah, put that up in front of the camera for everybody. Put the beer yeah. glass up there. See that? It's a beer can glass. So the tip of it, <clears throat> when you take a sip, it's exactly like drinking out. I'm not sure if you can do. I'm a Bud Light guy, but you can see it's pretty much identical to the tip or the that. top. So you feel like you're out of a uh, out of a beer can. It's great. Look at that. Terrific. Comes with a torch stork logo. He can wash it 80 million times if he want to. Can I Is get like a, a big German boot glass with the torch stork logo on it? I've thought about that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get yeah. a something big. I don't know if the beer can will do it for me. I need something real big with the torch stork logo so I could drink my chocolate milk out of it. Yeah, Kevin, you got the right idea. I will tell you that I've done a lot of stupid uh, like marketing, uh, throwing my my logos on the dumbest things you could possibly imagine. But uh, swag, it's it's, uh, it's a hobby, so I'm enjoying it. That's right. That's great. I, that should be a quote on your T-shirt. Torch Stork T-shirt, neon green, like I saw, neon yellow, like I saw on the website. Yeah. Quotes on the back, right? It's a hobby, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Randy Betts. I have one of the shirts on the back says, want to start a life. And uh, oh, that's awesome. yeah, I love that. Some people are like, what the heck is that guy doing? Yeah. It sounds political. Right. Or yeah, sexual. Oh God. <laughs> now I like it. Now I like it though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause it's, in, it's, it's innuendo at best. It's not, it's not really like you're not laying it on too strong. It's very much innuendo. I like that. And I got a stork on the on the shirt, right? So they immediately think right. coming off a baby. Right. Just offering your services out to the world, you know. 
<laughs> what is that a stud service that's ridiculous you run a sperm bank for tortoises <laughs> jeez you probably could with Galapagos tortoises how much those babies are going for these days I saw that that's crazy right and Randy jeez. where are you based out of so I'm based out of Delaware I'm okay, your now, business, man. personal question I well Delaware is a decent sized state you know no one's going to find them it's decent size yeah that, that's one thing I've always said about Delaware. It's definitely yeah. a decent size state. Decent size state, yeah. Yeah. Fairly large. Yeah. You, you need uh, my exact address? I'll give you that. No, no, I don't need it. No, no. Uh, my question was that: say somebody wasn't comfortable shipping and they wanted to meet locally somehow. Yeah. Um, You're up for that? I'm 100 up for that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Most of my stuff out through my, my local mailbox shipping center, hmm. and I have met people there to drop off um, and and trade some tortoises. So um, you know, for the customer, it's a safe situation. I don't I don't bring anyone to my house for for obvious. Yeah, I don't think anyone would want to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would meet them no problem. They want to take a ride up or a ride down, ride over. I'm okay with that. Okay. Awesome. Um, I would I would probably package it the exact same way mm -hmm. for the trip there, no matter whether it was a forty five minute ride or not. I have a question. I used to ship at a FedEx center that's like right next to my house, right? And then one day I dropped off a turtle that was just a little bigger, and it was scratching inside the box, and they all freaked out. And then I could never ship there again. Then they looked into it, and they, they I didn't realize I was like shipping at a center that I wasn't supposed to. It was just a FedEx ship center, like an office center or whatever, yeah. where you can go and drop off, you know, um, express overnight deliveries, but no live animals. They actually make you go to the hub, which is usually like by the airport or whatever. So yeah. I now have to drive you know, 40 minutes instead of driving 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, how does this change that? If I was shipping eggs, I never would have gotten in trouble. Technically, I'm not shipping a live animal yet. I mean, it is alive in the egg, right? Do we think that that changes anything? I have to read FedEx's, um, you're, you're shipping through FedEx, Randy? Yes, I, I ship through FedEx, ship your express, uh, uh, ship, um, <coughs> ship your reptiles. Okay. On their grade over there, they do, they help me out a lot, but uh, I will tell you what helps is find out uh, what the the uh, owner or employees drink, and if you give them Christmas presents and you give them birthday presents uh, full of scotch and alcohol, you'll be surprised of what they'll allow you to drop off. It's got to do a people thing, right? That's so great. My FedEx guy is always so angry when I go in and I've, I've told him about the turtles and he's been nice to me a few times. But for the most part, he's just so angry. And I always wonder, I'm the turtle guy. How could you not be interested by the box that I'm bringing here right now? I, have, I guess it's I just me. I had an issue the few times I've sent stuff. <clears throat> like, I just hop into the FedEx play. It's like a FedEx Kinko's thing. It's like, here you go. And they're like, sure. See, I don't know if they're supposed to be taking that. I think you're supposed to go to the hub. But you don't ship all the time, so maybe you haven't dropped something off that was scratching enough yet. Yeah. No, don't, I don't know. Don't ship any snapping adult snapping turtles anytime soon. <laughs> Coming I out of the box. Yeah. yeah, right. We've all seen that meme too many times. Uh, so I have a comment from somebody who has gotten a turtle or a tortoise from you before, TJ Anderson. Yeah. He says, he says, Randy, get a real torch store tattoo, and he'll get one also. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Drop now there's marketing. I think uh, maybe we can do that live on another podcast, you know? Yeah. Set it up. 
<laughs> I could look into that. I'm, I'm not against tattoos. I, I... I'll tell you what. If you want to make a trip up to uh, to Connecticut, I have a good friend that's he owns a tattoo shop, an amazing artist. He does all of my stuff. I'll set it up for you. Is that we'll, we'll make a documentary about it. I'll, I'll get one too. I'll get a Turtle Room tattoo if you get a Tort Store tattoo. There you go. We can make it. Uh, we get a little party yeah, on our man. butts. <laughs> no, tramp stamp. That, or else. Tort oh, tramp stamp. lower back. Lower back. Perfect. <laughs> tramp stamp. With a with a tri with a tribal <laughs> diamond around it. And it has to say, "Want to make a life." <laughs> <laughs> You can't deposit here, but do you want to make a less? Oh, God. There it was. It was only a matter of time before it came out. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, man. So oh, we have God. we have quite a bit of people viewing now, too, 22, which is actually cool because it's, it's more than most podcasts. We get a lot of views after the fact, but not usually live. Uh, so 21, 22 right now is a big deal. Um, we had up to 27 at one point. Yeah, definitely. That's so great. This is something people are definitely interested in. I know we had a little bit of um, advertising going on through social media prior, um, but I think this is one that's going to be watched a lot, especially because it's such a fascinating topic. It's not just somebody that's on to talk to us. It's something that's new and revolutionary. So what's your point? You just wanna, we just want to celebrate it? or? Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped on it. I want Randy to feel good about this. You know. Thank you. I appreciate it, Kevin. Uh, yeah, and I do have one more question. How did you get to the idea of using bread? It was, um, it was one of those things where I tried foam, I tried, um, I tried cotton balls, and it was one of those things where I said, you know what, F it. Like, this, I had bread sitting there, I just grabbed it, I put it in there, I sent it to Leone, and, um, and it was successful, it worked. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I have to ask. Is there a particular type or brand of bread that you prefer? Only Pepperidge Farms, right? Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, it's it's like Wonder Bread, white that's, fluffy bread. But that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's 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 like spongy Wonder Bread stuff. Exactly, but I've I've had guys send eggs to me in wheat bread, and uh, you know they've done it a couple of times, so they swear by it. Um, Aaron Daniel sends me a couple. He uses wheat bread. He swears by that. But um, yeah, that's really funny. All those carbs aren't. It's not bad for all those carbs for a young tortoise. <laughs> have you found that any of that have uh, hatched down and been chewing on? Like any stories of that chewing on the bed? No, not that I know of. Normally, if they come hatching, it's more of like uh, just a crack, right? I mean, yeah. just like. Uh, yeah. Just, just starting to hatch. Yeah, that happened with Andy, right? Didn't Andy get his in a? It was already cracking. Andy got his; it was already cracking. And uh, Chris uh, Leone got his same clutch. Okay. I sent his a day after I sent Andy's, and his arrived um, a little bit cracking as well. Okay. Do you think? And it'd be so tough to to determine, but do you think that? the shipping makes them come out earlier like you had touched on potentially maybe that the the stress the jump you know jumbling around of the box might uh cause them to, to hatch earlier <clears throat> yeah i mean if you think about it in nature when they're all stuffed in this tiny little hole with tiny little you know air pockets uh and and they start hatching and they start moving around and they uh, you know, scratch against the eggs as they're trying to get to the surface, it kind of sparks. So it, it's interesting. I will have 
eggs separate in two different incubators, right? And they'll both incubated for the same temperature. They're from the same exact clutch and they hatch within, uh, you know, 24 hours of each other. And um, when they are with each other crammed into a, you know, I, sometimes I'll put four in together, they hatch within hours of each other. And, um, you know, I posted a couple things on my Instagram over the weekend of four tortoises that I got from Aaron um, that, that, uh, that were insta-hatch. And they all started hatching one right after another. They're moving the eggs around after they hatch. And I think it's just one of those things where the shipping and the juggling around, it mimics it's uh, what's going on in nature. And it's like, oh, it's time for me to get out. You know, I mean, um, I know at that point the air sac is fully uh, developed um, and large enough for them to hatch. So this kind of just sparks it, I think. It's just a theory. You'd, you'd think, it, you know, with a bunch of eggs in a nest in nature, when one of them starts moving around to try to get out, you figure a couple near it probably get jostled. And, you know, I, there have been some studies that suggest a nest of certain, some species will somehow find a way to communicate to one another and hatch together so they can, it's easier to make it out. So it is possible there's some kind of jostling that would go on in a natural nest. Yeah. Uh, so we have a question from um, some viewers, uh, Todd, who I believe also bought something from you. Uh, he said, question for Randy, what's the longest it took for an insta-hatch to pip after arriving? Was it his? He was, uh, he has to admit he was getting nervous. <laughs> uh, let me look at my stats. I have my stats here. His was, um, uh, give me a second here. What a dweeb. Excel sheets and stuff. Right? Yeah, no, I'm just looking at my um so Todd, he got a cherry head, and I shipped it on 1219. It was delivered obviously the next day at 1220. Um, it hatched on the 23rd, which I think was three days. I think uh -huh. um, uh unless my I think that's it. I have a couple here, nine. It was a leopard tortoise took nine days and that is my longest, uh, nine days is my longest one. Now leopard tortoises have really long incubation times, don't they? They do. And that one was 143 days. Was wow. incubation time. But it's variable. It's not always 143 days at all. It could be way less than that. So it's different than the tortoise species where you're like, oh, they're usually about 61 days. You know, uh, some of these tortoise species can, you know, can vary by several months based on, you know, just conditions. Yeah. yeah conditions. Now, do you think that's that's a, a lack of us understanding on how to incubate it? Like if it needs a diapause or is that something there's been no research of how long it takes to incubate in na nature? Is that a question for Randy? It's a question for whoever because I don't know it. You should take that, Anthony. I'm not educated enough to know that. Anthony. I don't know if I am either. It's, it's, I think it just, um, there's, you're, you're incubating an egg in a very controlled environment and they're not normally in such a controlled environment. So it's like when we talk about uh, temperature sex determination, that's happening in an incubator at a very steady temperature. So when I go and do my educational talks, I'll say, listen, guys, think about global warming and what that might mean for, you know, 
turtles when when it gets a couple degrees warmer and that now means that there's nothing but Every, female turtles yeah. born and there's nothing but male alligators born like that's a really important thing for people to hear however our information on that comes from relatively steady incubation data because it needs to be in a controlled environment so you can actually control the experiment and and know what's happening at a particular temperature you'd have to mess with them um and really log a lot of data to be able to and 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 compile a lot of data the problem is with what's happening in the wild it's so variable that how do you compare what happened to this clutch compared to this clutch that was laid six days later 50 feet away like the temperatures are going to be different depending on how much sun they get like no clutch in the wild is like another clutch yeah so it'll never have the same exact humidity from day one to day 143. It'll never have the same, you know, temperature on yeah. day 77 over here as on day 77 over here. So you you can't mimic right. it, but we we don't really know, and maybe we can never know if TSD is something that only happens in steady incubation or if it's something that happens in all incubation. But it's something that I do in my educational well, talks because yeah. I want people to think like, hey, we got to stop global warming if if it's man if it's caused by man um which i happen to think it is um then th that's more opinion but obviously global warming is real but um you know as a cry to hey let's stop ruining the earth because turtles need the earth um, yeah. everybody likes turtles let's there has been some uh some stuff done that suggests there's a certain window during the incubation period in which the temperatures determine the sex mm -hmm. so it doesn't really in some respects it doesn't really matter how hot or how cold it is outside of that window but again there's only so there's, there's so limited research and we know that not every species is like another when it comes to temperature sex determination be it some aren't at all because they're genetic some have different types of TSD and some have same types, but at different temperature ranges based on their native area. Um, so I think it would be hard to say for sure, you know, with for any particular species when the window is because the research hasn't been done on, well, only a few species really. Right. Yeah that what are the questions you have kev uh that was my question i i actually we got one coming up here uh so what days slash period do incubation determine sex never mind just answer it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's that's something you know and that's when i had a bit of an epiphany moment so just so everyone could know kind of my journey through this and i know i've i've touched on it a little bit Started off skeptical, started to kind of get on board. When I receive the egg and it came to my work, I get turtles. I, I work at a, a large veterinary hospital uh, with a bunch of animal people, no turtle people, but they're all animal people. They get it. They understand, you know, through me and, and through their own animal stuff, kind of what it is that I do. They have an understanding that it's about conservation, preservation, education. It's not just, I'm not just an animal hoarder. That's only part of what I do. And that was a joke. Um, but when an egg got shipped, it was like, whoa, that's a horse of a different color. That's a turtle of a different situation. What is happening? What are you doing? Explain. 
And I got to have some of the conversation that I do when I'm doing my educational talks and things of that nature, where I start talking about how temperature determines the uh, gender of, of the uh, hatchling or how, um, you know, reptile eggs are different than chicken eggs in that they can't really be turned too much at, at different times. They can't really be turned at all during certain points in, in incubation. Um, and how that's different and, and how even these animal people that know a ton, a ton of medical animal stuff and are really smart people, veterinarians who don't necessarily think about that on a day-to-day -day basis um, because they're not breeding animals, they're caring for sick animals and they're not thinking about that all the time. So I think that was really interesting to be able to have a completely different conversation with my coworkers who I talk to about turtles every chance I get. Um, I even try to be quiet sometimes because I just feel like I'm the guy who just talks about what he's interested in all the time, Gary from the breakup. But um, yeah, that was really cool and kind of eye-opening for me. You know what I'm talking about? Vince Vaughn and the breakup, how like he never goes to White Sox games with his best friend who's a White Sox fan unless the Cubs are there. They always go to Cubs games. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, that's me. So, and I try to be cognizant of that, but it was cool to have a different turtle-based conversation with those animal people and, and have them interested in a way that I hadn't seen them interested before in something that they didn't even really think about before. So I think that's something here that, that's interesting and something that just told me that, you know what, this is different and that's cool. Like there's nothing wrong with this being different um, as long as the person who's the champion for it is taking it seriously and is being a dweeb about things and keeping all these spreadsheets and everything else. Like that's the way it needs to be. So let me ask you a question. When when you when you agreed to do this, and I started bombarding you unsolicitedly with um, updates on uh, pictures of mm -hmm. you know, just the progress list and that, was that helpful for you? Was it comforting that you could see the egg that you were getting? Um, you know, basically, for lack of a better word, it's almost like your ultrasounds, right? You have a real. Mm -hmm. baby going every couple months getting an ultrasound um it's kind of giving you like security that you're getting this tortoise that's yours you have these pictures that you can save and um and you know if you keep this tortoise forever you you kind of have some sort of keepsake for it a baby book yeah <laughs> crazy. that's a baby book your, your baby book has started steve right i said right. the other day right <laughs> and, and I think, you know, what was funny at times was like, you were just like almost apologetic, like, Hey, Anthony, like, I was, you know, sorry to bother you sort of thing, but like, this is what I do. And I want you to have the whole experience. So here it goes, here it goes. And you were like clockwork, like so organized about it. And like, you know, now dealing with me, like you want your Govi thermometer back. And like, I'm like, Oh, sorry, man, I'm really busy. Like maybe I'll send it to you in 2020. Like I'm the worst. And, um, but you are the complete opposite. Um, and I think that's really important for what you're doing. You have the right mindset and you're the right type of person to be doing it. But yeah, it was really cool to be able to see it. And I could think back to me the first time I was incubating eggs and I had no idea what I was doing. It would have been so helpful to have gone through the Instahatch yeah. situation experience first. Like if I, if, if this was 15 years ago, I would have been begging you for an Instahatch egg. And then after that, on my hands and knees, begging you for a fresh egg so that I could try to incubate myself. Um, 
before actually getting eggs of my own. Like there's no way. So my first turtles I ever hatched were spotted turtles and I hatched them in my, my bedroom closet on the top shelf of my bedroom closet. And it, they hatched on my birthday and I spent the entire summer sweating my bed. Um, luckily at that point I was single and I was a young dude and, um, it was okay that I woke up sweaty every morning. Uh, it was like 84 degrees, like in my room, the whole summer I had no air conditioning. I didn't even put an air conditioner in my room because uh, we have like window units. I didn't even put one in. I said, no, I was at my mom's house, um, uh, my mom and stepfather's house, um, at that point. And it was like the most exciting thing for me ever. And I could remember that whole experience being so scared like if the temperature dropped that I was going to lose the eggs and just everything I went through. And I think if I was able to have the opportunity that you afford people with this, then I would have known what I was doing more and been less neurotic about it and less like unwavering and figured out a better way to do it, whatever. Um, yeah, it just wasn't available then. And like you said, and that's why you made it happen. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. The one thing people don't, don't really necessarily appreciate is the waiting game right so when they when the, the successful insta hatch eggs i'm sorry the successful freshly laid eggs they waited sometimes 60 days 70 days from day one and uh when that's the only thing you're fixated on it can drive you crazy like there there was a lady that did it a couple times mrs ryan and um I basically had to tell her, you need to walk away from your incubator and give it a couple of days rest because you're driving yourself insane. But the day it hatches, it's, it, there's, it's impossible to explain the feeling, right? It's, it's, um, it's hard to explain the feeling of watching the first tortoise hatch that you've taken care of. That's why, that's why I do it. That, that moment on my birthday – when those sp spotted turtles hatch, that is why I'd still do it to this day. I'm still chasing that feeling. There's nothing better than a turtle or tortoise hatching from an egg, especially if it's an endangered species. I'm sorry. There's nothing better than that. And obviously, I'm a father. I love my daughters. My wedding was great. But there is nothing better than that for me. And that's why majority of people I meet think I'm a weirdo. I hope Shannon doesn't tune in. She knows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the common the – common, uh quote is always you never get old right it never gets old watching uh tortoises hatch or turtles right i mean that's right um, what was the first you hatched i have i have an egg in the incubator again it's like all right another four-eyed hopefully oh wow that's awesome another well another two and a half months to go who's <laughs> counting yeah Randy, what was the first uh, species that you hatched out? Russian. Okay. Uh, you said that earlier, actually. Yeah, Russian tortoise. Pay attention. Yeah. Brains, yep. they're gone right now, you know? <laughs> and uh, that's an accomplishment, man. Russian tortoises are not hatched in captivity very often. It's pretty cool that you were able to start with that. Yeah, it's fun. I have um, the, the one of the cooler ones is an Indian star, right? I, I did an insta-hatch Indian star that I bought um, and came to me. Uh, it was, I basically paid full price for it and that hatched uh, completely. That was a lot of fun. That was one of the cooler ones I hatched out. 
That's a cool story. You told me about that. That was one that you kind of had to beg for a little bit. And the person was like, you're an idiot sort of yeah, thing. Right? What are you thinking? Why would you ever spend, you know, $450 on an egg? <laughs> like, well, I got to do it. I got it. This, this is what I do. How great is that for the for the person who didn't have to like hatch the tortoise and worry if it was eating and mm -hmm. make sure it put some weight on before they shipped it out and all that type of stuff, you know, like something that's just I never feel comfortable when I'm shipping out hatchlings of any species. Like there's always a risk like they're young animals. There's always a risk involved. And I mean 40 for 40 is nothing to sneeze at. That's it's serious numbers. That's considerable. And I look forward to seeing how they go. Um yeah, and I, I, you know, I trust you're so into this. You could give us specifics on every single one. So, yeah, 30, 39 out of 40. 40 is yet to hatch. Right. Well, 39 out of 39 with a 40 soon to follow, potentially. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm not as deep detailed oriented as you. Obviously, we talked about that. So, <laughs> I'm a mess. So, to me, it's 40 for 40. Tomorrow, I'll be telling someone it's 50 for 50. Just make stuff up. But you can't do that. See, the people need to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty transparent. By the way, I think I see that Govi thermometer uh, being used in the background. Is that <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> do you really think you do? Because I'm wondering what it is you see. Right. I'm joking. I'm teasing. This is my. I rip my turtle room to shreds. We're gonna sell our house, and hopefully, I can get something with a with a extra, like with a separate turtle building or something, so that I don't have to have exotic bugs established in my basement in the next house. But if you're looking for a nice starter home in central Connecticut, there are no exotic bugs in this house. Don't worry. Yeah, you got it. Nice size ceilings too. Yeah, right. I need higher ceilings. I hit my head on the ceilings here. Yeah. And at Kevin's house. Mine's way worse. Yeah, well. You know, I'm going to send a photo to uh, Steve right now. That email? I'll put on the screen. I'll, I'll oh, good. You want me to email it to you? Yeah, that's easier for me. Put a... Let's just talk about all those specifics and, and derail the conversation here. That'd be terrific. <laughs> Kevin, can I just tell you in front of everyone right now how much yeah. I love you? I give you, you so much crap on these shows, and you are such a gentleman. You don't deserve it. You don't. You're so sweet. You know what? What you don't understand is that we have a secret text message chat, me, your wife, and Amanda, where we just shit talk to you all day. <laughs> You do. You really do. It's true. It's true. Did she send you the one about the guy who, who, uh, all right, I'm going to, this is a, a true story and I apologize for the graphic yes, nature of yeah, the story. For, yeah. She sent that. I know about it. Yeah. Okay. Well now I have to tell the viewers cause I said it's going to be graphic. I'm going to let them down if oh. I don't. So there's a delivery guy who got arrested for, for dipping his, uh, genitalia in, salsa that he was delivering to someone he took pictures of it and put it on social media and everyone's saying that the delivery guy looks like me so people have been texting me all day like hey More man profile yeah the side profile yeah there's anthony that's oh, my ceiling sexy right with the what is that called a pinwheel what is that called that's a, that's a pinwheel, pinwheel yeah, yeah. Pinwheel, yeah. yeah. oh man i look good those are veda's favorites eat your heart out america <laughs> that is a grown man I look good in that picture. I think I was down about 30 pounds at that point. I'm like Oprah, constantly fluctuating. A torch start tramp stamp would make you like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're doing it. Let's keep the donations rolling in, ladies and gentlemen. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, it, we've been running for about an hour and a half. Um, I always say, let them come wanting more, right? Um, <clears throat> another another $1,000 and I'll get the tattoo. Right. Okay. Well, how far there away you go, from, folks. How far away are we from the 500 goal? Well, I was going to – so we're now at uh, $330. So we're $170 away from the $500 goal. And part of the plan was to wrap up soon enough so there would be a good half-hour window or so after the show. Um, for people to go um, go donate as well. Um, so final words, folks, and then uh, we'll wrap up here for the evening. Somebody had some final thoughts they wanted to tell Randy. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, now you have to give your final thoughts, yep. I, I appreciate you guys keeping me on. I, uh, if there's any... any um, Thing that I would like to tell you know anyone that's watching that's worried about Club Stork is this is this is a serious serious thing for me right. There's a lot of people that uh, think that I shouldn't be doing this that I'm um, putting harm into it, and um, I I can't really necessarily deny that early on because there were some issues that didn't go through that could have been not fertile or what. But um, I have zoned in. I've done my due diligence. I figured out the proper way. I'm not saying that uh, I'll I'll never um, not not hatch an insta hatch uh, have a successful one, but um, as of now it hasn't happened. I take care in doing this. I love the animals. I give back to the the community of uh, of tortoise and turtle conservation. I'm a big believer in that, and uh, and uh, you know I love bring questions on. If you got questions for me, I would love to answer them. I, uh, I, I just enjoy it. So, um, have faith in this process. This is, this is not for everyone. This is someone that wants to fulfill a dream that wants to uh, experience hatching your own tortoise for the first time. And, you know, it's like having your own baby as opposed to adopting a lot of people, uh, have to adopt them. But, um, if you have the opportunity to have your own baby, it can be um, just as enjoyable. Who's next? I'm I'm looking forward to going through the uh, the experience here. So keep all those pictures coming, Randy. Uh, well, for sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, we're glad to have you, and we we thank you so much for your generosity, Randy. It, it, I really do appreciate all that you've done uh, to help support the turtle room and our mission as well. And I'm glad we can kind of help support you a little bit too. Um, so again, folks, uh, we're at 330 out of 500. Um, nine individuals have donated. Um, we thank you so much, all those who have. You should hopefully have received your your, uh, your letters already in your email. If you haven't, please, you know, just shoot me an email at steve at the turtle room.com and uh, we'll... Uh, We'll make sure you get that if you didn't. And Anthony, your turn. My final thought, and I want to. This is for anyone who used to watch Jerry Springer like I did uh, all the time. Uh, final thought. Um, I think it's really important to have empathy um, for others in in this animal world. I think we're all fiery advocates for animals. Okay. And we, we all want to see a world where these animals can survive and do really well, uh, you know, particularly in the wild where they're supposed to be 
Um, and we all have different thoughts on how that can be accomplished, on how things like poaching can be, you know, curbed, uh, how we can make the world a better place for them. We all have different, even us right here on this broadcast, it seems like we're all buddy-buddy, you know, a bunch of middle-aged Caucasian dudes talking about something and seeming like they're middle-aged? on the right? You're, you're older than me. That's why I'm questioning your middle age. <laughs> I think so. I think it's good. You don't you don't know when it's going to end. Promise low and deliver high, right? So so if I'm middle age right now and you know I make it to 66, then I'll be happy. But if I make it past 66, I mean, then I'm playing with house money at that point. So I'm going to say I'm middle age now, and anyone who sees me on a basketball court will agree. But I've seen him. So, we we even us who all seem buddy buddy and are having a good time and seem like we're on the same page we have different views and i'm i can't stress enough i was super skeptical of what randy was doing um try to keep an open mind and try to have empathy for other people try to have empathy for the people like randy who are trying to do something and are trying to to better the hobby the 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 you know, human-based turtle world that we all love so much and care so much about and are trying to kind of push the envelope a little bit and maybe think, well, maybe he's not just a jerk who just wants to make a bunch of money. Maybe he is someone who's trying to push the envelope. Let me actually think about this. Like, how could this work? Um, you know, put yourself in the shoes of the person who's never hatched an egg, who doesn't have a big, expansive, you know, uh, compound the way that Andrew Hermes at Arizona Tortoise Compound or Chris Leone in New Jersey have with Garden State Tortoise. Not everyone can do that sort of thing or, or breed animals at all, but what an amazing experience for a science class to go through or, you know, a family to go through the, uh, to, to learn something that that kids or, or people will never forget for the rest of their lives. A feeling that I know personally that I chase every day and will for the rest of my life, that feeling of being able to bring a new precious life into this world that is, is of a species that means so much to you. So have empathy for those people. We all have different views about how it should be done. But if we don't work together, then the outcome will be extremely bleak for these animals that mean so much to us. We need to work together. We need to find common ground. Even if, you know, someone's doing something that is, is a little different than you would do it, still respect them for trying and express your opinion in a way that is respectful. And don't throw out your opinion as fact. If you're not involved in it, you don't know the numbers yet, that sort of thing. Because I've seen a lot of that around. Like Randy is completely transparent. He will talk to you about it. And it's amazing how many people just come out and bash this on an open forum without actually talking to him or really knowing what's going on. Just knowing that, oh, that, that idea is ridiculous because I would never do that. Well, maybe somebody else would. Um, and sometimes that's how we experience really important things. And I think we'll all feel really foolish for feeling an initially skeptical when one day we're introducing a rare species to the wild because now we've figured out how to ship tortoise eggs. And important conservationists, conservationists sorry, are using the methods that he originally discovered through his work. Have empathy. Thanks, man. Thank you. Is that okay? Uh -huh. I blacked out. <laughs> It's like Will Ferrell in that movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, old school. That's, old, our, that's yeah. our generation's Animal House. I say <laughs> our generation like I know we're all the same age. Yeah. Steve's much older. I know that. 
<laughs> if it makes you all feel better, I'm the youngest here, and I look like the oldest. I'm pretty sure, right? We'll talk yeah, about that here. Yeah. I, right? I'm the I'm the youngest. You are. You're the baby. I'll die first. Of I'll us, die I first. Believe, yeah. I will uh, definitely die first out of this group. Randy, if you don't mind me asking, what year were you born? 79. I'm 40. I just turned 40. Man, awesome. you look nice. great looking 40. I got a few years till I get there, thankfully. <laughs> uh, so my monologue will be much shorter than Anthony's. Uh, I can't really top that. I wish I went prior. Um, but uh, a lot of times I see now, you know, not even now, always, a lot of people are, are in this just for the money. They're trying to just sell animals. Trying to, It's a business for them, whether they're actually passionate about it or they're nefarious in some kind of way. If they're out there, like there was a guy in Pennsylvania stealing terrapin eggs for years and years and years and just selling them. Uh, what you're doing is very inspirational. It's something you're very passionate about. Clearly, you come on here and you're talking and it, it seeps out. You can tell that this isn't just something for you. You know, and you have a wallpaper behind you for your company. It's beautiful. <laughs> you know, so uh, I'm I'm really happy I had the chance to spend this you know hour and a half talking with you, uh, even just listening in. I didn't talk as much. Um, it meant a lot to me because now I'm learning more about the process and kind of what goes on. Um, and I just think it's really really cool. So thank you very much for getting on and being so generous with the organization. Uh, with that, I know we're closing out, um, but I believe Steve wants to confirm we're 120 away. If anybody else wants to chime in, yep. All right. Thank you so much for Anthony, Kevin, and our special, awesome, great, fantastic guest, Randy Betts. Oh, I rhymed and I didn't even try. All right. Guest Randy Betts. All right. Um, so thank you for joining the podcast tonight. And uh, we'll be back in one month. Uh, that one is scheduled for April 1st. So we'll be back here uh, again, with, hopefully with another awesome guest as well. So have a great night, ladies and gentlemen. We're signing off. Bye. Thanks again.